You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and if you need a new podcasting app, Himalaya is a great one that I've been using. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans get absolutely rocked and run out of the building by the Orlando Magic. I'd said this game was going to be pretty tough, but it was to the tune of 119.96. That's being generous, making this game sound even closer than it truly, really was. We'll recap this basically putrid night of New Orleans basketball. There's no other way to say it. Not going to sugarcoat it here. Putrid night of basketball for your New Orleans Pelicans. We're then going a look at the newest signing, Christian Wood, replacing Jason Smith. We'll look at that one a little bit more. Then we got to talk about Gail Benson, a couple things she's been doing recently, which should you actually make you feel good about this Pelicans team and their future. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So this one was ugly, folks. A 119-96 win for the Orlando Magic over the New Orleans Pelicans. Basically as bad as bad as it could have gotten. At one point, I think the Orlando Magic had a 35-point lead in this one. Just nothing good overall when you look at it like that. But what can you do? This was a night where just New Orleans was not shooting well. Just 37.3% from the field overall. That is their lowest of the season. They couldn't get anything going. And they started one for 10, which put themselves in an early hole. And that was in route to losing the first quarter 39 to 25. Well, they couldn't get anything going. You saw some of the guys with the Orlando Magic get hot early. DJ Augustin, New Orleans native, went out there, played exceptionally well to start the game. You had Nikola Vucevic with 11 rebounds by himself in the first quarter compared to just 10 for New Orleans. New Orleans was out-rebounded on the night 49-65. to Part of that's aided by all the misses that New Orleans had when all of a sudden you have one team grabbing 45 defensive rebounds because the other team shot 38 for 102 from the field. There's just more chances to get them and New Orleans really did just that. So while they shot 37.3% from the field, the Magic shot 45.1%. Basically just kind of outworked and outmuscled the New Orleans Pelicans. The Magic only had 28 assists on the night compared to just 24 for the Pelicans. So the margin right there is not that big. They just kind of bullied, embodied the Pelicans in route to the points that they wanted. They took a ton of threes too, hitting almost 40% of them. When you make 15 of those, that's going to help your scoring total as well. New Orleans had one starter in double figures in this one. That was Frank Jackson, who got cooking a little bit late. He finished 6 of 16 on the night for 14 points, 4 rebounds, four assists. Most importantly right there with him, I think, was zero turnovers. Doing what he needed to do without making mistakes, and that's always going to be a good thing. The rest of the starters, including no Anthony Davis, who was traveling with the team, then went back to New Orleans for personal reasons without those being described. So in went Jaleel Okafor, in went Julius Randle. Randle was one of nine from the field. Okafor, four of 12. They had six and nine points, respectively. Alfred Payton saw his triple-double streak 
end. He finished with seven points, just three rebounds, and two assists. One of his worst performances in quite a while here. Kenrich Williams, who at least did some other good things in this game, including grabbing seven rebounds and having four steals, including some nice offense and defense back-to-back possessions, would finish three of eight on the night for just seven points. He was a team worst, minus 29. Check Diallo, who normally shoots a really high percentage, three of seven. Then you had Darius Miller go three for 10, including one of seven from deep in route to seven points. Uh, Darius Bertans, two of seven, including 0 for four from three, but he had some points. In Clark, who got 28 minutes in this one, at least put in 17 points because, hey, he took 13 shots and no one was going to stop him at this point. Maybe the brightest spot for the Pelicans in this was Stanley Johnson. Scoring 18 points on the night, 6 of 13, shooting 2 of 5 from deep. He also chipped in with 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Showed the flashes of what he could be, but you're never going to see him do this on a consistent basis. And again, I don't know if he'll even be in the league next year. But that was basically all she wrote for the Pelicans. They did not play well. Whereas for the Orlando Magic, all of their starters, except for Jonathan Isaac, scored in double figures. Isaac scored 8 to keep himself close. Aaron Gordon, 20 points. Vucevic, 15 points. DJ Augustin, 13 points. Evan Fournier, noted Pelican killer, by the way. 22 points on the night. Off the bench, Terrence Ross will get some six-man-of-the-year votes, as we had said in yesterday's podcast. 19 points. And basically, that was it. It was just a bad game for your New Orleans Pelicans. Not much you can do there when it's just that. It just kind of is what it is, the Pelicans couldn't shoot. They just didn't really seem like they were in this one mentally either or just even cared. And this kind of echoes what happened earlier in the season when these two teams played in New Orleans lost by 30 to the Orlando Magic at home. It's just a bad matchup with the physicality that the Magic bring to the table. So it's a 119-96 win for the Orlando Magic, dropping the Pelicans down in the standings, which again, as we've been saying, may be a good thing. So before we look at newest Pelican Christian Wood, who was recently cut by the Milwaukee Bucks, we'll explain that as well. Remember, to get this show every day, the Locked On Pelicans podcast, you've got to subscribe, and you can do it on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So some transaction news for your New Orleans Pelicans signing Christian Wood, formerly of the Milwaukee Bucks, off of the waiver wire, 23-year-old big man, and taking a flyer on him for the rest of the regular season. To make room on the roster, they needed to cut uh, Jason Smith, which they did. He's a guy who is obviously beloved here in New Orleans, but would not be part of the future. Well, nice to have, and it was fun to see him get some minutes for New Orleans this season. Wasn't really going to be in the cards for next year, so they decided to move on. With this signing, and the Pelicans have said they'll play him in five to six of the remaining eight games or so, That I think the way I described it on Twitter was you're seeing the Pelicans start training camp early. Christian Wood at 23 can develop, but you're, you know, he's starting to kind of exit that developmental stage and just be who he is as an NBA player. But it's a low risk, almost, it's not even low risk, it's no risk, and just kind of why the hell wouldn't you make this kind of move on a young guy with some potential that's cheap as you start to build towards next year. So with this, you're kind of seeing the Pelicans start training camp early, but doing it over a period of time where the games matter, 
So they're getting kind of real minutes. Summer league is, you know, very different. Training camp is very different than an actual NBA game. And you're also going against some top-level NBA talent. The Magic have some good players there. The other teams that they're going to play, including, you know, the Houston Rockets coming up, also have good players. So these guys are getting quality minutes against better talent than they would, which probably gives you a better benchmark if, if these guys can cut it in the NBA or if you want to re-sign them for next year or keep them for next year, I should say. So that's kind of how it looks like the Pelicans are approaching things. There's a reason you saw Alfred Payton, three second round picks, and an undrafted guy go to battle with the Dallas Mavericks in overtime instead of Julius Randle, who had 30 points in that game. You can just go out and do this now and kind of get a jump start on next off on, on next season, which I think is a great thing. This is a move that the Pelicans should be making at this point. So Christian Wood was waived by the Milwaukee Bucks when they actually signed former Pelican Tim Frazier because Malcolm Brogdon went down with injury and they needed a guy in the backcourt. So out, in, out goes Wood, in goes Frazier, and we get to make all the Wood jokes that we want here in New Orleans. Wood was undrafted out of UNLV a couple of years ago. He's slated to make $1.6 million next year. Half of that becomes guaranteed if he's on the opening night roster. So a very similar contract to what Jaleel Okafor has here. Wood is more of a stretch four-ish um, guy that has been kind of splitting his time between the NBA and the G League. He played 13 games with the Bucks this year, only averaging 2.8 points per game, 1.5 rebounds. But he was also just doing it in five minutes per game. But he did shoot 48% from deep, three of five. So again, not the biggest sample size of him in the NBA this year. But when he was in the G League, this dude absolutely lit it up. 28 games down there with the Wisconsin Herd, averaged 29.3 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 2.2 blocks, 1.1 steals in basically 35.3 minutes per game. He shot almost 56% overall and was decent, not, not good. I'm not even going to try and sugarcoat it for you. It wasn't good from deep. 26.5% on his 3.5 attempts from three in each game. So that's kind of what you look at this guy who can do it. He can kind of go in and score and get you some rebounds. There's a couple guys like that on the Pelicans, particularly Okafor, particularly Chick Diallo. At least Wood has some range. He's capable of launching it from three um, and maybe keeps defensive honest, something that Diallo and Okafor don't do. Defensively, he can get bullied around a little bit. When you look at him, he seems quite slight of frame, maybe needs to add some muscle or at least be able to stand his ground a little bit better. He can kind of get bullied a little bit down low, but he does show off some natural shot blocking talent a little bit. But again, it usually takes guys a long time or a couple of years to really mature into defensive players. So we'll see how this goes. Basically, it's just this is a, a, a no brainer for the Pelicans. Take a chance on a young guy. Get a jump start on training camp. Get him some minutes here. You kind of have the inside track on keeping him for next year if he's good. And if he doesn't, you can cut him, and it's no big deal. So they're starting that training camp process now, which I definitely think is the right move. So we'll see Christian Wood playing a couple games. I don't know if he's going to be playing against the Houston Rockets on Sunday. We'll see from there. Um, but don't be shocked, particularly with Anthony Davis kind of missing some games and maybe getting closer to being shut down for the year potentially, or Julius Randle seeing his minutes lessened a little bit as the Pelicans kind of kick off a different phase of this season. To see Wood out there getting some minutes and then we get to make all the wood jokes that we want when he does something good or does something bad.
So before we shift gears to some off-the-court matters that should make you feel pretty good about the New Orleans Pelicans and their future here and what they might look to be doing, I do want to mention that the Saints are still in the midst of free agency looking for a tight end, looking maybe for center after a contract was voided with Easton. So there's a lot going on there, and no one is doing a better job of covering that than Ross Jackson with the Locked on Saints podcast. So make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked on Saints. So Pelicans and Saints owner Gail Benson in the news recently for a lot of really good reasons, making some charitable donations, and this is a good sign. So first and foremost, Gail Benson recently donated $3.5 million to the Second Harvest Food Bank. It's definitely a good thing. It comes from the Gail and Tom Benson Charitable Foundation. It's the uh, largest local food in the food bank's history. There we go. So that's a significant donation. And then it found out, it came out yesterday that she spent about $2 million to buy a piece of land in Baton Rouge, which is supposedly going to be the new site of an Oshner Cancer Center, presumably that maybe she'll also pay for and she's kind of doing this. So this is, that's right there, five and a half million spent or donated, I guess, if you want to put it that way, by a Gail Benson over the past two weeks. That's a really good sign. Everyone just assumes she wants to sell the team for the $2 billion that it would get. She doesn't need $2 billion in cash though. And that's something that I've been emphasizing for a very long time here on the podcast. We even did a whole episode about it that she doesn't need cash because she has enough on hand. If you can go and donate three and a half million, then buy a piece of land for five or for 2 million. And then presumably you're going to build on that land. You don't exactly need an influx of cash because she's not hurting for it. But, and she has no heirs that right now she's leaving anything to. There's no children there. Well, it's you want to secure their future or have them have the most money possible. It's nothing like that. This is someone who just has enough money that $2 billion, while again, nice to have if you have it, doesn't really change anything for because she's giving this all away. She can't even give it all away quick enough, it seems like, right now. So I think when you see this, it kind of quashes the notion that they're not going to, or that they're going to sell the team. I know there was something rumored around the other day. No, it's not happening. This team is very set here in New Orleans because, again, the uh, Gail Benson has so much money, she's just trying to give it away because she doesn't need it. It's one person. She has enough and she could buy whatever she wanted. So an extra $2 billion, again, while nice, and no one's going to complain about that, is not something that she desperately, desperately needs. It's not like she needs to offload the team and get some money like, say, George Shin did when he was basically going broke and all of his money and wealth was tied into the value of the franchise. It's the opposite case here almost. So it's got to make you feel good about the team staying here this is a good sign because it means she's likely also going to spend on the franchise you know while she's a very charitable lady it seems like I would assume she also wants to spend some of that money on the team and that means you know a new front office structure it sounds like there's some renovations going on at their practice facility right now those might carry over to other aspects of the arena or the Superdome as well I don't exactly know what But they seem like they're willing to invest, and she's willing to invest a little bit more than maybe Tom Benson did. But that also could be because she's just kind of by herself, so what else are you supposed to spend your money on? I think it'll be a a day that I get concerned might be when she stops being charitable and stops giving this money away, because then maybe she's hurting for cash for some reason. But until then... Just nothing to worry about. And also good on Gail Benson for being so charitable and not just sitting on her money and giving it away to some very good causes.
All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show, the Locked on Pelicans podcast, on the new Himalaya podcast app. That's the one I've been using, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Spotify. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 